Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I am Karen Curtis, and on this episode, I'm going to delve into the alleged criminal record of Heisman Trophy winner, national champion quarterback for Florida State, and NFL star, Jameis Winston. Now, full disclosure here on Full Rigor, I attended the University of Hawaii on a full track scholarship, but UH is not a football powerhouse. And my daughter, however, attended the University of Alabama, a real football powerhouse. So I'm slightly biased in this regard. Just wanted to let you know before getting into the story. The low tide. Thank you, Joe Namath, Alabama QB, who, by the way, was 11th in the balloting for the 1964 Heisman Trophy, but not Jameis Winston. He was numero uno. It's my pleasure to announce the 2013 Heisman Memorial Trophy winner. Jameis Winston, Florida State University. He won the Heisman Trophy, and the sad thing about that is that the world of college football didn't hold him accountable for the kind of person he is off the field. Mm. Well, that is Don McPherson, College Football Hall of Fame quarterback, and that was all part of a documentary that was recently released about the whole Jameis Winston kerfuffle. So... What was Jameis Winston's true crime? What should he have been held accountable for? There were two rape allegations while he was a student on the FSU campus in 2012 and a star quarterback on the football field. Winston was never charged with any rape. There were the stolen crab legs from Publix, or were they really stolen? He was arrested for shooting squirrels in the woods, but was that a crime? And after careful analysis, I find the only crime this embattled sports figure has committed is failing to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. Thank you, Tom Brady, the GOAT. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. And Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch quite yet to Mahomes, does he? Even though you're looking at the greatest right there. Now, Winston was a leader on the football field, and he not only won the Heisman, but he led the FSU Seminoles to a college football championship in 2013. And here's Winston after the game. They're struggling through the first half. What was the biggest adjustment you guys made at halftime? We had to go back to playing Florida State football. We came out here. We wasn't. We were, we were letting us be bigger than the game. We were bigger than the game. Then we had to say, hey, let's play Florida State football because can't nobody be bigger than this game. And we did that, and we came out victorious. Now, despite everything that happened in 2012 when he was a redshirt freshman from Alabama, Jameis Winston had a very good 2013. Here's Winston motivating the Seminoles in the locker room at halftime. SEC, Florida State. Florida State, your brothers, your team, your heartbeat. We some dogs. We ain't no puppies. We some dogs. Rob receivers, y'all cannot be stopped. The whole game. We got the best running back in the whole damn league. And we got a quarterback that's going to toss that thing. O-line, wake up. So, somebody dropped the ball because at least two women accused this football star of rape during the height of Jameis Winston's college football career. And apparently, the Tallahassee Police Department let one case sit unnoticed for nine months on the shelf until a Tampa Bay Times reporter asked for the files. Florida State Police actively tried to discourage other reporters from poking around 
When it became apparent that the report would have to see the light of day, FSU administrators, Winston's attorneys, and pretty much everybody else got to see them before the Florida State Attorney's Office did. So, USA Today obtained a deposition from Tallahassee police officer Scott Angulo. He was assigned to the case, and he admitted that there were some flaws in his department's investigation into the rape allegations made against Winston by a woman named Erica Kinsman. Now, as a journalist, I do not identify alleged rape victims, but Erica Kinsman went public about her case, so she did it for me. So apparently there were big problems that may have severely hampered the investigation due to the Tallahassee Police Department dropping the ball to the chagrin of his accuser, Erica Kinsman. Um, I went to see my victim's advocate and in that meeting, we were just talking. She was like, we just want to let you know, like there's another victim from him. I kind of just want to know like, why me? doesn't really make sense. So that's a clip from the Hunting Ground documentary where Kinsman went public. That would have been in March of 2015. But Kinsman first filed a report of an alleged sexual assault on December 7th, 2012. Now, according to court records from December 2012, Erica Kinsman reported being raped by an unknown assailant. And then it took a month before she identified Jameis Winston as her attacker. Apparently, she saw him in her classroom and went, oh, that's him. Or her friends told her that was him. So Kinsman said that she was drunk at the Tallahassee bar when Winston and others took her to an apartment. They took a taxi, all of them where she says the quarterback raped her. He then drove her home on his moped because they couldn't get a taxi. And he dropped her off at an intersection. And she says she didn't even know who he was until, again, she saw him on campus later that month. Now, nearly a year after the case was initially opened, Tallahassee prosecutors declined to press charges against Winston, citing lack of evidence. So, the investigation drew national coverage because of Winston's high profile. He was on his way to leading Florida State to a national championship and became only the second freshman to win the Heisman Trophy. But it took nearly 11 months for prosecutors to formally see the case after the alleged sexual assault. So, she alleged that after meeting Winston at Potbelly's Bar in Tallahassee on December 6th, 2012, the two along with Winston's teammates, Chris Kasher and Ronald Darby. So there's witnesses, okay? They took a taxi to Winston's apartment. Kinsman asserts that Winston raped her. She also alleges that Kasher recorded at least some of the incident on his iPhone. So there's video, which he later discarded. That's a whole nother thing. And that Darby posted a message on Facebook in which he expressed regret It's unclear whether Darby's Facebook post was in any way related to the incident, but Kinsman also recalls telling family and friends that she had been raped. ESPN reported that Winston's DNA was found in the alleged victim's underwear, but along with her boyfriend's. But according to a statement by the alleged victim's attorney, Patricia Carroll from Tampa, she says the detective on the case discouraged her from making a formal report and refused to perform standard investigative actions, including obtaining a DNA sample or even interviewing Winston's roommates who may have witnessed the alleged incident. So nearly a year after Florida State quarterback Jameis Winston was accused of rape by a female FSU student, the state attorney declined to charge the Heisman Trophy favorite. 
at the time. He then won it. The decision cleared the way for Winston to finish the season with the Seminoles, number one, and to also win the Heisman Trophy. Now, the prosecutor, Willie Meggs, he was the state attorney for the Second Judicial Circuit, announced the move during a news conference in the Leon County Courthouse. And Winston had faced felony charges after being accused of sexually assaulting the woman at an off-campus apartment again in December of 2012. He said, we've carefully examined all the evidence in this case and have concluded that no charges will be filed against anyone in this case. That's according to Meggs. Well, Jameis Winston also released a statement saying that it's been difficult to stay silent through this process, but I never lost faith in the truth and who I am. He always maintained, as the DNA in her panties proved that they had sex, but he said it was consensual. But Erica's attorney, as I told you, Patricia Carroll of Tampa, said Winston raped her 19-year-old client, who then withdrew from classes after the allegations resurfaced in the media months later, My daughter told me at the time, she was at the University of Alabama, that this girl was in the same sorority as her best friend at FSU. Now, search warrants in the case were released before Meg's announcement and indicate that the woman told police she was raped at the apartment after a night of drinking. In the warrant, the accuser says that she and her friends had shots at the local bar and her memory was very broken from that point forward. Meg said that toxicology reports show the accuser had a blood alcohol level of 0.04 and that there was no evidence of a date rape drug or any drugs for that matter. Now, according to the warrants, the accuser says she remembers being in a cab with a man and going to an apartment before she was allegedly raped. And Meg said the investigation could not find the cab driver. But of course, that was very difficult because so much time had elapsed before an investigation began. And after that, the accuser said she remembers the suspect dressing her, putting her on his scooter and dropping her off at an intersection. Hey, that's a great date. But she said she had no idea where the alleged rape happened. Her recall of the events that night were moving around quite a bit, according to Meg's. So what happened next is unclear. The woman says that she later woke up in bed with Winston on top of her, Winston said it was consensual, so the accuser's lack of recall proved to be another critical aspect in the state's decision not to move forward. But you've got these witnesses. Meg said that he didn't think prosecutors could put the accuser on the stand and count on her to prove elements of the crime. So this is just one of the major problems that we as parents have when we send our kids off to school, especially our daughters, because there's alcohol, they drink shots, They lose consciousness, they get drunk, they don't know where they are, and they become easy prey, they become victims. And that conversation has to be had with our young girls. Now, according to court documents, there were three other men present in the apartment where the accuser said she was raped, and when asked whether those were football players, Winston's attorney said it was a good bet. Now, two of Winston's teammates backed his story in statements they gave to an investigator, and they were Chris Kasher and Ronald Darby, and they both said they were at the bar with Winston when the accuser struck up a conversation with the quarterback and then got into the cab with the three men. And once at the apartment, the teammates said that they peeked through Winston's bedroom door and saw the woman having sex with the quarterback. So did they see her having sex, or did they see her being raped? We'll never know. At one point, Kasher says that he busted into the room to embarrass Jameis. 
And he says the woman yelled at him to get out. In a later interview with police, Kasher changed that part of his story, saying he went into the room because he hoped the woman would also have sex with him. Something he said had happened in the past when he and Winston brought a woman to the apartment. So Kasher left the room. He was not accused of having sex with Erica Kinsman, and no other woman made any accusations against Kasher or Darby. Now, police assigned the case to Officer Scott Angulo. But guess what? He previously worked for the Seminole Boosters. It's a group that helps pay the salaries of FSU's coaching staff and some of the university's president's salary. The accuser did not know her accuser's name when she first spoke to police, but she provided it to detectives after seeing Winston walk into one of her classes. But the New York Times found that police could have easily identified their suspect before that encounter had they followed up on solid tips provided by the victim. Now, Angulo did not attempt to interview Winston until two weeks after he was identified, which was a month after it happened, and never obtained his DNA. He waited two months to file an initial report and closed the case without notifying the victim. Closed it. Her attorney claims the officer warned his client that she would be, quote, raked over the coals for pursuing charges. Erica said she never wanted to drop the case. Now, if Winston, a red-shirt freshman from Bessemer, Alabama, had been charged with a felony, he would have been immediately suspended from the team and ineligible for competition under FSU Athletic Department policy. But he wasn't. The case continued to make national waves in 2014 when Jameis underwent a Title IX investigation that put him in front of the school's judiciary board. At the student code of conduct hearing, he read a five-page statement. He told his side of the story for the first time on December 4th, 2014. He says, I did not rape or sexually assault the accuser. I did not create a hostile, intimidating, or offensive environment in the short period of time we were together. He said the accuser had the capacity to consent to having sex with me, and she repeatedly did so by her conduct and her verbal expressions. I never used physical violence, threats, or other coercive means. And finally, I never endangered the accuser's health, safety, or well-being. Winston also struck back saying the only thing as vicious as rape is being accused of rape, something he said he didn't do. And he said it will follow him around for the rest of his life. Well, we're talking about it here in 2021. Now, despite the lack of testimony, the board ruled that Winston was not in violation of the school's code of conduct. After that, Winston went 26-1 during his Florida State career and left school to enter the 2015 NFL Draft. Kinsman filed a Title IX lawsuit against the university and a civil suit against Winston. Both were settled out of court. The civil suit for an undisclosed amount of money, and FSU paid her nearly a million dollars in their settlement. Now, FSU Victim Advocate Director Melissa Ashton was deposed in the settled case of Erica Kinsman versus Florida State University, and her testimony revealed that one, Jameis Winston, then the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's been since traded to New Orleans, has been identified in the sexual assaults of two women. And two, Florida State Chief of Police and the Dean of Students colluded to stop the investigations of Winston. So in Ashton's deposition, she explained that a second woman, who has not been publicly identified, also reported Winston had sexually assaulted her. So money changed hands between Winston and Kinsman, but there were never any other rape charges brought. So what other crimes has Winston been accused of? 
Here's Jameis Winston talking with Michigan coach, University of Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, and members of his staff in 2015 about how to handle the media when they ask about his criminal activity. In college, uh, I got disciplined for a game against, against Clemson for uh, standing up on the table and saying uh, something wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the only time I got disciplined in college. Mm-hmm. Any encounters with the police? Uh, I had one encounter with the police off, uh, over BB gun, BB gun fighting. I was in the trail uh, hunting squirrels, and uh, the police had rolled up on us, and they thought that I had an assault rifle, and they uh, arrested us there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then Harbaugh pushed Winston to explain about the time he was caught on security camera leaving Publix grocery store with an armful of crab legs. Winston said they were a gift. And they also gave him a cake. Explain that to you. You got it for free. Explain that to me. Oh, uh, well, I, the, a week before is my buddy's birthday, and uh, we had got a cake, and we met a dude that was inside Publix. And he said, hey, anytime you come in here, I got you. Yeah. So uh, that day, we just walked out, and uh, he hooked us up with that. And when I came in to get crab legs, I did the same thing, and uh, he just gave, gave them to me. And I walked out, and someone from inside the store had told the security that I didn't pay for them. Mm-hmm. And that's how the whole thing started. Okay, then I would put it, keep it in a tight, tidy box. Tidy box. Came in, got some crab legs, left. You know, people in the store reported that I didn't pay for them. Mm-hmm. And they were right. I didn't pay for them, and I f***ed up. I should not, be, I should not have been taking anything, taking anything for free. Okay. I've learned, learned from that. So Winston explained he wasn't shoplifting, but rather had a deal with a Publix employee where he was gifted free food. Well, that's a problem. Winston and the FSU coach Jimbo Fisher couldn't say he was being gifted free food because that would be construed as a violation of NC2A rules. So it made more sense to frame it as a juvenile mistake. Fisher memorably said that Winston wasn't used to shopping at the supermarket and had been distracted when carrying the crab legs out. So that's it. Crab legs, shooting at squirrels, saying something inappropriate while standing on a table. Oh, and accused of two counts of rape. But that is what makes up Jameis Winston's criminal, alleged criminal past. Now, where is he today? Well, as of this year, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, Winston got married to his longtime girlfriend, Brian Allen, in a rather secret and very private ceremony at their home. The initial wedding was postponed, so the former college football star and first overall draft pick decided to improvise on January 7th, 2021. And they also welcomed their second child into the world around that time. The two have known each other since high school, high school sweethearts. And they've been together for a long time before they got engaged and welcomed their first child, Antonor Malachi Winston, back in 2018. And a day after Drew Brees announced his retirement, the New Orleans Saints said that they were bringing back their next potential starting quarterback, Jameis Winston. He re-signed with the Saints. Good luck to Jameis, his wife, and his two children. It looks like he's turned his life around and he's keeping out of trouble. Let's see if he can lead the New Orleans Saints to a Super Bowl. I'm just looking forward to the beginning of the football season. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Full Rigger Podcast. Subscribe, download, give me a bunch of stars and a big smiley face. Thanks for joining me again this week. 
That's Full Rigger. Until next time.